all going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and here's the thing about the, about the Holy Spirit that I've, that I've come to understand. So I've been reading through the book of Acts a little bit. And in Acts chapter 3, this church has just kind of blown up, 123,000 people. And you can imagine the, the people that are in this church now, the, the, the original members, the original band members, like they're, they're kind of famous now. Like a lot of people know who they are. And so Peter and John are walking to the synagogue, right? Uh, just a little bit after this, this kind of this outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit happened. And a beggar, lame beggar, comes to them and says, I, I, need, some, I need something. I need some food. I need, I need something. And they say to him, silver and gold we do not have. No, I would think if you grew a church of 3,000 people in like a day, you have something to give them. Like there's, there's something to give this man. Uh, and so I don't know that they're being truthful with this man as much as they're saying, we can give you another meal. We could give you uh, 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 a new coat or a new mat to lay on, but you're still going to be lame when we leave. Like, like we could do this for you, but, but, but when we leave this place, you're going to come back here tomorrow. So they look at the man and they say, they say look at me, like, look at me, like, like, a, like, a, like a brother. Look at me in the eyes. And they said, what we do have to give you is the presence of God. And they look at me and say, stand up and walk. The dude stands up and walk, calls all, causes all sorts of problems because people are like, wait, that dude was, was lame yesterday, now he's walking. And when I read it, I took from, from, from that passage that we need to understand, me and you need to understand, and I need to understand as your pastor, I don't know if I've done a good enough job, that really the only thing that I can offer you that, that has any value, lasting value, is the presence of God. Like, like there's not a sermon, there's not a joke. There's not a speech, there's not a song, there's not a black and white night. There is nothing of value that I can offer you that will change you forever. I can give you some entertainment tonight. You might leave this place, chuckle a little bit, but by tomorrow you're back to being your grumpy self. I can give you a couple self-help tips to fix your marriage, but by the next week you're back to being annoyed at your spouse. But if I can get you to understand the power, I want to talk to you about that tonight, of the Holy Spirit, it can completely change your life. Like, it can completely change life. In fact, that's what the book of Acts said. Jesus said, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Anybody ever been to Ikea in this place? I love Ikea. Love, hate, love, hate. And so uh, we were putting shelves together in, in, in my office, uh, the office area, a few, a few months back. And, and the, the shelves literally had about 500 of those little screws that Ikea gives you with that little Allen wrench. You know what I'm talking about? You ever try to use the Allen wrench, just keeps slipping out of your, your hands, and it's frustrating. And so I spent literally like two hours putting one shelf. I had six shelves to put together. Two hours putting one shelf. You know, you know the motion. You, you, you go like this, then it gets tight. You try to flip it around. It falls out of your hands, and you know, you're, you're praying for, for patience and all this stuff and praying nobody walks in while you're doing it, and you're all cut up. And so then Ian comes by. And he's like, yo, let me, let me, see, let me see that Allen wrench. I'm like, all right. I hear him take the Allen wrench into, the, into our little work area, and he takes a saw out. And he cuts the Allen wrench in, 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 into like a, like a drilled bit. And I hear him get his Makita out. Oh, 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 right? And he sticks the drill bit in the Makita, and he says, see if this works. And I took it out, and I started to put it in, and vroom, 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 you know, vroom, vroom. I, Literally, two hours, put the first one together, got a power tool. And I put the next five together in like five minutes. Like, I, like, like a NASCAR racer. Listen, that is essentially, Ian was the Holy Spirit to me in that situation. I am, I am really big on work, right? 
If you heard my sermons, I'm big on discipline. I like the word to, to grind it out and, and, and not in a sexual way, like you, because some of you are like right there, like just in a, like a hard working way. Uh, I, 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 like, I, I, I like to be disciplined. Like I think those words are important, but I think those things only get you far, so far. I think there's things in your life that without the power of the Holy Spirit, you won't be, be able to accomplish. Like there, there's something to the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God's presence in you, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Like we know, we talk about God the Father in this church. We know he's sovereign. We know he's creator. We know he's above all things. We know about the Son who came to us and died for us and and, and sacrificed his life for us. We know we get to the Father through the Son, but we don't know and we don't give enough word uh, or credibility to the power of the, the third person. It's not, a, it's not a being and it. It's the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you will receive power. There's, there's things that only he can accomplish in your life. You want to know how, how I know this is so important? If you go back to the Old Testament, the presence of God was regulated on this earth. Because he's holy and, and, and we're not. The presence of God was regulated. He, 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 he came on people for special times. He, he came on Joseph and helped him to have the, the brain to lead an empire. He, he came on in, in Daniel in the lion's den and closed the mouths of the lions. He came on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the presence of God walked them through a, through a fire. He came on the prophets and gave them words to speak, but, but his presence wasn't, wasn't always around. In fact, there's a scripture in the book of, of Psalms 84 where, where David, he says, he says, better is one day in your courts. Better is one day with you than a thousand elsewhere. In, in essence, he's saying, I, I just wish I could spend time in your presence every day. I wish, wish you would be with me every day. I wish I didn't have to make sacrifices. I wish you would just be with me, in me, with me every day. Why? Because one day with you, it's better than a thousand else. So what he, in other words, what he's saying is, is a thousand years of work in your life are not equal to one day of God working in your life. Think about that. What, 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 what it will take you a thousand years to accomplish, God can do in a day. That's what he's saying. And then he says this. He says, he says I, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. You know what he's saying? I'll just hang out on the outside and just maybe some of that presence will come out and get me. God, I just want to be around you. Anything I can do for you to rub off on me, God, I, I, I want to be around me. And so then what ends up happening is, is kind of the, the presence of God is kind of there, not there. He moves in people's lives, some people, special reasons, special purposes. And then you get to the book of Matthew chapter 27, and Jesus is on the scene, and he's hanging on the cross. And, and at that time, the Jewish people had a temple, and inside the temple, there was a room called the, the Holy of Holies. It was 14 cubic feet, exactly. In the Holy of Holies, that's where the presence of God it, it rained there. They had, a, they had this big veil between the, the Holy of Holies and the inner court and the outer court. And people would come and make sacrifices. Once a year, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and, and make a sacrifice just one time a year. They were so afraid of the presence of God, they would tie a, a rope around the high priest's leg in case God decided to kill him. They would just drag him out. And then Jesus hung on the cross. And, and when he hung on the cross and, and he died, he said words like, it is finished. And when he, when he, when he, when he, when he said that, one of the things that happened in the Bible is the Bible says that the, the veil in the temple tore in two. And you have to understand, this veil was so thick that if you tied a cattle on each side and told them to run, they couldn't rip it apart. The power of the cross ripped it apart. And the message was the holiness of God, the presence of God is now available to people. 
In fact, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it, it goes on to tell us that, that no longer is there a temple, a structural temple of God, but me and you, in relationship with Jesus, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now ap- or, or, or able to fill us up, to, to do a work in, in our lives. And so the question then becomes, is if the Holy Spirit makes us powerful, if the Holy Spirit is, is able to fill us up, why does it seem like so many of us are, are taking that uh, Kia Allen wrench, just kind of turning it, keep dropping the ball? Why, why, why don't I see more, more miracles happening? Why, why don't I see more, more people doing what, what people did? The Bible says of the Holy Spirit that the same power that, that lived inside of Jesus is, is available to you and me. Why, why does it seem like I see so many Christians limping around instead of seeing more Christians like in the book of Acts doing miracles and doing things they could not do without the, the Holy Spirit? I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about that. I think there's three really specific reasons why people don't experience the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I want to... I wanna, I want to be the drill in my spiritual life, if you know what I'm saying. I pray all the time that, God, I want you to be able to do in my life in one day what it would take me a thousand years to do. I want that to happen in my church. I know how hard it's been to build this church. I know how much discipline is needed. I know how much commitment is needed. I know how much sleep that I've lost. I know how much worry that I've worried. I know how much fear that I face. But at some point, I just want God to go, boo. And me to go, that, that was God. Like, I, I just want the power of the Holy Spirit to be in our lives. And so the question becomes then, why don't more people see the power of God? Why aren't more people in my church living the Spirit-filled life? I think there's a few reasons. I think, number one, I, I think some people just aren't even aware of the Holy Spirit. They just, just, they just don't even know. Like, you're, you're just not aware of it. I don't know if you know this, but Ikea, I'm going to keep riding that, that train. Ikea has breakfast. Did you know that? I'm going to tell you a little secret about Ikea, though. If you go at 9.30, before it opens, you can eat breakfast for a dollar. I'll take Ian on a date every once in a while, so I need him to list stuff. It costs me $2. Here's why. You can get eggs and, and toast and a couple other things and, and, and potatoes for a dollar, and if you go at 9.30 before the place opens, you can get free coffee. For, for, listen, if you're married, that's a date, right? A dollar. If you want, listen, if you're a big eater, you can eat two plates, two dollars. Big secret, right? Some of you, the, the Holy Spirit is just a, a, a well-kept secret from you. You're like, I didn't even know that the Holy Spirit existed. I've, I've heard about Jesus, and, and I definitely believe in God. And so we've sang a lot about Jesus and, and the power of the cross, and certainly it's important. But there's a third person, the Holy Spirit, and some of you simply don't know how important he is. Do you know that the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, there's 800 verses in the Bible about him? 800. In fact, Jesus says this in John 16, but very truly I tell you, it is good for you that I go, that I go away. I, I, this, is, this is Jesus. It is good for you that I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But when I go, I'll send him to you. In essence, what, in essence, what he's saying is, if I stay here, what I have is just 12 followers. But, but when, I, when I go back to heaven, I'm going to send you the same power that was inside of me. And you guys will be able to do what I did and even more, he says. Some of you don't experience the power of the Holy Spirit because you simply don't even know. You don't know that he'll fill you. He'll direct you. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He'll counsel you. He'll convict you. He'll empower you. He's, he's available. Not only is he available, you need him. The power of the Holy Spirit. Some people, some people quite honestly, in church world, because some of you are like, I never heard of the Holy Spirit before. But those of you who have been in church for a long time, 
We are, I believe, number two, we're, we're con- con- convinced or confused that he's, uh, that he's unimportant and unnecessary. So that's the conclusion we've come to. And I understand it because, listen, I'm a Pentecostal brat, right? So I've seen some crazy stuff in my life. Do whatever you want in church. It's the Holy Spirit. Right? I've been, I've been at youth camps where, where teenagers are getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and I had little, little seven, seventh grade boys copping a feel on, on little girls' legs, and I woke up and said, what are you doing? It's the Holy Spirit. I said, no, that's not, the, that's my wife. I'm like, that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit, bro. I'll get you 12 years in prison if you keep doing that. So some people, some people are, 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 are convinced that the Holy Spirit is, is unimportant. Uh, some people are uh, are, are confused by the, by the importance of the Holy Spirit. There's, there's, there's churches that believe uh, that the Holy Spirit is, is, is silent now. He's not needed. And here's the problem with thinking like that. The purpose of the church is still the same. Like we're, we're, we're not, I am not called to open up this book and share biblical stories with you so we can go, oh, that was so awesome for them. How, how, how do they help us if, if if we're not learning from them and going, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. That's not what we're supposed to read about. And, oh, that's so cool. I want to be like Paul. No, no, no. I want what, what happened in Paul's life to happen in my life. And the problem is many of us are, are convinced in the church world that, that the power of the Holy Spirit is not available anymore. But the, but the purposes are still the same. And so if the purposes are still the same, then we still need the same power. So we're convinced. And then some people, they're just completely closed off. Like I, I found people, they just go, I want nothing to do with them. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a, is a gentleman. It's like trying to hold a door for somebody in Pennsylvania. They don't want it. They don't want it. So many people, the Holy Spirit is saying, I got so much more for your life. You're, you're cranking on that Ikea shelf. Your marriage is falling apart. You're reading books. You're listening to Oprah. You're calling Dr. Phil. You're, 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 you're doing all, reading your horoscope. You, you have an addiction. You're going to 12-step program. You're doing all these things. Why, why don't you first tap in to the power of the Holy Spirit? You will become powerful when the Holy Spirit is allowed to fill you up. In fact, Scripture tells us in the book of John that, that Jesus said, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you an advocate to help you and be with you forever. And then the Bible says, the Spirit of truth The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But watch this. But you know him for he lives with you and will always be in you. That the Holy Spirit lives with you and is in you. And so some of you say, well, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? You ask. That's what the Bible says in Luke 11. Jesus says, if you then know you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Just ask him. Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me up. God, I know there's things in my life that you cannot accomplish without your spirit being inside of me. God, I know if the spirit's inside of me, that greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. That the same power that conquered the grave, that he's ruling and reigning in my life. That more can happen in one day if the presence of God is inside of me than for the thousand years that I work on this earth. If you're married... If you own a business, if you're trying to build a church, if you're trying to, listen, I'm going to preach good. If you're trying to raise some kids, like, like, listen, if you're trying to figure out whatever area you're figuring out, the Holy Spirit is your advocate. And here's three things as I wrap up this message that I wanted to spend some time talking about, but apparently Andrew's coming up to play me off. And so I saw you. I'm just playing. 
I love when Andrew plays with me because I, he, he grew up in church, so he plays like some soul. So I just, I feel like I got soul, even though you see how white I am, right? <laughs> but I want to give you three things as we, as we, we, we sing one more time and uh, end this message about the Holy Spirit. I know we've been all over the place. We went from sweatshirts. And we went to leading a group. Don't forget about that. And I just had a little time with you to just give you a little bit of a, a fatherly talk as your pastor because I am responsible for you. But I want you to hear me. The only thing of value at the end of the day that I can get into your hands is an eye-opening awareness of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing. That's the only thing that makes these, these experiences we have powerful. We can come in here and sing. We can hit LED balls around. We could sing a song where we got a bunch of 20-year-olds jumping around the stage, right? John's in the middle, stuck up here with them. <laughs> I told him, I said, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> we can have a good time. I can give you, give you some food tonight. You can have a fun sermon series about raising kids, being married, whatever. Using, using your money God's way. The truth is, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you just go back to the same thing you were the day, the day before you came. It won't last. But here's three things that, I, that have happened in my life since I grew up with the, with, with the belief and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a blessing in my life my parents led me to. I know nothing significant happens in my life without the power of, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but here's three things I've seen happen in my own life. The, the first thing is, is when the Holy Spirit fills you up, he'll, he'll give you words to speak that you didn't previously know. Did you know that? Like the book of Acts chapter 2. So Acts chapter 1 I think is funny because uh, Jesus says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Wait in Jerusalem. And so the, 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 the disciples get together. And they do what most church people do. They start to make church decisions without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. They, they do. They, they get together. Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. They're not powerful. They're still hiding in the upper room. And they're like, okay, we only have 11 disciples. So if we're going to get this thing organized, we need to add another disciple. Think about that. We're going to reach more people. We just need to get a little bit better uh, song choice. We need to be able to get a couple more lights on the stage. We just need to, you know, change our clothing style. We need to change our paint. We need to, we're going to reach people. We're going to do that. That's, that's the mentality of so many churches. So they say, here's two guys. And the Bible says they pray about them, and then they cast lots. And that's just a, a, a fancy way of saying they rolled some dice or flipped a coin, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. you're the next disciple. I mean, ironically, God says, wait for the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, you guys are going to be powerful. Okay, let's handle the church business now. That is the church business. The Holy Spirit is what makes you significant. He is what gives you life change. He is what attracts people to, to your church. Has nothing to do with the sermon. Has nothing to do with the singing. Has nothing to do with the style. Has nothing to do with the lights. Has nothing to do with those things. It's only the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 2, they figure it out. They keep waiting. They didn't mess it up too bad. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit, boom, hits the upper room. Ascends on them like fire, the Bible says. And they began to speak in tongues. Now, some of you are like, I don't know about this. I've seen this in church. I'm not into this. It's different tongues. They began to speak in tongues. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that they were from Galilee, right? They, they spoke that, that language. 
but they began to speak in tongues and in, in Jerusalem it was Pentecost celebration there was people from all over the world so because I don't want to read the scripture to you and I don't remember where they were from let's just say they were from China and they were from Brazil and they were from Israel and they were from England and they were from Australia the mates were there they were all over the world and the disciples come out and people think they're drunk well, what was going up in the upper room in the Bible says they begin to speak in languages that they had not yet known, but that the people that traveled from all over the world completely understood. Did you imagine this? And the Bible says thousands of people begin to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in languages they didn't expect to hear, and their lives were forever changed. And in that moment, 3,000 people got saved and baptized, and the world has never been the same. God will give you words that you did not previously know. When, when you're praying prayers, when you're talking, some of you are so worried about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know what to say. The Bible says, don't worry about how you will defend me. Don't worry about that. At the right time, I'll give you the right words to speak. The Holy Spirit will give you words. You did not know it happens to me all the time. He'll give you dreams that you, you couldn't make up. There's been two times in this church where painful, painful days awaited me. Two times when couples would leave this church where... I asked my wife, I'm not making this up, where it was going to cause personal pain to me because it was going to hurt me on a personal level. And I had a vivid dream the night before that a couple, and I don't want to exaggerate it, but it was within a couple days of the conversation they were going to have with me before they had the conversation with me. It was like the Holy Spirit was giving me words I did not know to prepare me for an experience that, that in the moment wouldn't hurt me. But I, I got myself composed and prepared, and when they called me, I was like, yeah, I know. I know give you words you did not know. Some of you have something to pray about. God, the Holy Spirit will give you words that you, you did not know. Another thing about the Holy Spirit that I love is the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with Him, He'll get you to places you could never go. Can, can I just make you fully aware of the miracle that happened in Royersville? I need you to understand something. We, and I'm talking about me personally, and probably a lot of our other staff, but me personally, I had driven by that building for, for the last eight years. It's the way I went home. Eight years. And I didn't look at it when it was a ladies gym, obviously. I'm not a lady. I didn't look at it when, when it was empty. I didn't even know it was empty. When we were looking for buildings for Limerick, I never, I mean, I drove by there every day. Every day, drove right by there. Got to that stop sign, flew through, made sure I was merging with everybody else, waved, flew through. And one day, last, right around last October, November, the Holy Spirit got me to places I should not be and he just I just turned I don't even know why I turned and, he, and I pulled into that parking lot and I walked in and it was like there's our church there's our church and, and and for seven years I drove by and I thought there's the ladies gym there's an empty building I didn't even notice it there's a there's a kids school but that's how the Holy Spirit works in your life some of you you you, you run a business you, you have a marriage that's failing you somewhere you don't want to be, the Holy Spirit can get you farther, faster than you've ever gotten there before. The Holy Spirit will do things with your life that you never thought possible. I mean, think about the Bible. When the presence of God came on people, the Holy Spirit filled them up. Man, he got people places they had no right being. He got Daniel. When Daniel, Daniel was brought from Jerusalem against his will. It wasn't like he was going on vacation to Babylon. He gets Daniel to Babylon and he, he sends Daniel to the very top to where he has an ear with the king to where he can impact a kingdom so that the future people of the Jewish people would have a chance to one day go back and rebuild the wall where Jesus would eventually 
come to save our souls. But just think about how, how the Holy Spirit moved in Daniel's life. Think about how the Holy Spirit moved in Joseph's life. Think about how the Holy Spirit moves in your life. Get you places you could not go. And the last one that I think is so important that I've seen in my life uh, is, is that the Holy Spirit will fill you up with strength you could never grow. You want to be stronger? Some of you some of you trying to do it on your own. You're trying to fix stuff on your own. And listen, you, you only have so much available strength inside of you. I'll, 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 I'll end with this sermon series. You see me. I'm not going to make Ian come up here. And you've seen Ian, our children's pastor. Me and Ian have been working together for, I don't know, five years. Four long, five years, five long years. We've been going to the gym for consistently for five years. We work out the same amount of time. We have a little competition, but it's not a said competition. It's, it's, it's if we want to be the last person to go into the locker room. And so sometimes I'll just wait around and he'll go in and I'll be the last person because I feel like I outworked him that day. Here's the thing about it though. I've worked out with him for years. If you would come watch us work out, it's a physical impossibility for me, no matter how hard I work, to ever lift the amount of weight that that man lifts. There's not a steroid in the world that would make me do that. I can only get so far on my own. Some of you, you're relying on your own power to fix stuff. You're relying on your own power to to handle your business. God will make you, listen, the Holy Spirit, we say it often because we know it of ourselves. The Holy Spirit will make you much smarter than you are. Your best ideas are still in your head. They're coming from the Holy Spirit. Now some of you are so stressed out about your, your business. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are so stressed out about raising your kids. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are so stressed out about fixing your marriage. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will make you stronger and give you strength that you can never grow on your own, ever. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 5, that when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, that then you'll begin to produce things. You'll produce fruit when he comes inside of you. And, and, and let, me, let me tell you from, from experience that I've tried to have these things on my own. And if you ask my wife, she'll say, you don't have any of these. I'm not sure you're saved, right? But when I center myself on the power of the Holy Spirit, some of these I'm getting better at. But the Bible says that the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That, that gentleness one, I'm not that at all. I'm not sensitive at all. I have a hard time. I'm cold-hearted, right? My wife says I'm numb. She says, are you dead inside, right? There's times that I'm preaching up here, and I'm not preaching under my own power and authority, trust me, because I would not be up here, and I'll look out, and I'll see somebody crying, and they're crying because of the Holy Spirit working through me, making my words seem sensitive, because they're not sensitive at all coming from my mouth. They're sensitive because they're coming from the Holy Spirit, and they'll begin to cry, and I think to myself, that not me. If it was me up here and, and, and I'm preaching, nobody's crying. You might be crying because I'm making you feel bad, right? Sense, he makes you sensitive. He gives you strength you could not grow. And then I love the scripture in Ephesians 5 as I close. It says, it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. We know that. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be drunk with the Holy Spirit. Why, did, why, why does the Apostle Paul say that? seems weird to compare the Holy Spirit to, to alcohol. The truth is, the reason people drink is to get under the influence. Right? Some, some people will say, nah, I like it, it's acquired the taste. Listen, if that's true, then some of you would drink urine. 
Because you could acquire a taste for urine. You know what you wouldn't do if you drank a lot of urine? Get drunk. You just wouldn't. So when you drink alcohol, you get under the influence. Here's why. When you become under the influence of alcohol, you get bolder, you get stronger, and you have a whole lot less fear. You get confident, you forget what you look like, right? You look much better to yourself. So Paul says, listen, stop worrying about that, but get filled or drunk on the Holy Spirit. Get under the influence of the Holy Spirit. When you get under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you'll get strength that you did not have before. You'll grow strength. You'll go places that you could have never gone before. You'll know things that you could have never known. And then he says this, he says, be filled. And the word is not a one-time thing where you come in and go, okay, I'm filled. It's a continual longing and yearning for God. This is a good start for some of you. You're here tonight and you're saying, God, I want you to fill me up. You know what else allows the Holy Spirit to fill you up? Emptying yourself of, of yourself. Pushing the garbage of yourself out. Being really obedient to his voice. Not grieving his voice when he's saying, hey, there's more for you. And just saying, hey, Holy Spirit, I want everything that you can possibly get into my life tonight. Why? Because I know if I get your presence that you can accomplish more in a day in your presence than I could a thousand years of work on my own. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen. It's the only thing that's going to change your life. A pastor's not going to. A friend's not going to. A book's not going to. A conversation with a counselor. Sorry if you're a counselor. It's not gonna. A pill's not gonna. A drink's not gonna. A drug. I know some of you are a math or English teachers. Gonna is not a word. It's not gonna. Sitting here for the next 52 weeks of this year because I yelled at you about skipping church is not gonna. The Holy Spirit. And he can change you right now. And my prayer is when we leave this place, the 200 or 250 so people in this room, that you will be filled to capacity with the presence of God. That he would speak to you. That he would convict you. Listen, that he would open. Some of you can't read the word of God. The reason you can't read the word of God is because you're reading the word of God under your own strength. That the Holy Spirit will start to bring stuff out of his word. And it will speak to you. Some of you haven't been able to kick a habit because you've tried to step tried to get over it and you've said I'm never going to do this again I'm never going to do this again I'm never going to do this again the Holy Spirit breaks chains in your life it's the power of the Holy Spirit and he says be filled drink a full cup keep drinking on the Holy Spirit ask the bartender I want one more and the Holy Spirit will never tell you bars closed there's an open bar here tonight it's an open bar it's an open heaven Holy Spirit fill me up come on let's stand off all over this place I want you to close your eyes all over this house. And I want you, if you're brave enough, if you're bold enough, if you're hungry enough, I want you to invite the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you insecure. Some of you need the approval of other people. Some of you consistently look, look other places. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you struggling in your career choice. Some of you struggling in your marriage. Some of you struggling in whatever area. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you struggling as a parent. You feel like you're not good enough. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. He's here right now. I just want you to put your hands up all over this place. If that's, if that's you, I want the Holy Spirit. I'm fully aware of you. I didn't even know about you before. I didn't know God would live with me and be in me. I didn't know that. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I want the fullness of of the power of God, the same power that conquered the grave, the same power that filled up those ordinary men and women in the upper room. I want that in my life. God, I know, I know 
I'm desperate and I deeply know that one moment in your presence, one moment, one second in your presence, it's better than a thousand elsewhere. I've been trying so hard. It's the presence of God. I just want you to begin to tell the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if you ask, He'll come in. He'll fill you up. Holy Spirit, fill me up right now. Fill me up. Come on, say it. Fill me up. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move over the next few moments. This church is nothing. We are nothing. Our mission is hopeless. We will not do anything outside the power of the Holy Spirit. I have nothing else to offer you here tonight. I will never preach a more applicable message to you. You need deeply and desperately the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into this place right now. Fill us up. Fill us up. We want to never leave this place the same. Ever, ever the same. Holy Spirit, break chains, break addictions, heal marriages. Holy Spirit, convict. Holy Spirit, comfort. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. You make us better than we are. You make us stronger than we are. You get us to places we could not go. God, you give us answer to questions we did not know. And we need you. That's what separates us from a museum where we talk about stories of the past to a place where we experience the glory. Let your glory fall right now in this moment. Change people. There's people that have been coming to church for years. They've been rolling the dice. Been hanging out in church, hanging out in the club. Been taking life by chance. Struggling with the same things that they're not called to struggle with. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is available to them. Tonight is the night that everything changes. Not only are they saved, but they're changed. They're empowered. Holy Spirit, comfort those that need comfort. Holy Spirit, would you, would you send a holy conviction in this place? Father, there's anything that is not pleasing to you. Holy Spirit, would you rip it from us, no matter how painful it is, when we give it to you. Why? Because we want more of you. God, who you are is so much better than anything you can give us. We want your presence. And that's it. And that's it.